All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation Well, the last time we were on with you guys, we said we'd leave it up to uh, surprise as to whether or not we'd be talking over the Thanksgiving games. Uh, we were unsure whether or not there'd be any games played on Thanksgiving, and uh, surprise, there weren't. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a couple of weeks here, but we're happy to be back. This is the Thursday night edition of the Box Score Breakdown. I am Alan Srokey, joined by my fellow host, David Bracey. David, how are your holidays? Oh, they were really short, but really good, so I can't complain. Same here. It was, uh, goes by, they always seem to go by a little quicker than you'd hope. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, we're, we're both fat and happy after the, after the fact. So, you know. That's right. <laughs> hope everyone else had fantastic Thanksgivings as well. It's been too long since we've been doing this. I know it's only been two weeks, but it feels a lot longer to me. Uh, I love doing these shows with you guys, and uh, I hope that you enjoy what we've got for you tonight. We have four games on the docket. All should be pretty easy to get through. Um, Just as easy as a cup of Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee goes down your throat. It is the best coffee that I've tasted. I've finally got myself a bag. I'm trying the product that we plug here on Hoopball, and the stuff's up to snuff, guys. It is really good. You should check them out on their website, hawaiianisles.com. You can look them up on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or you can also find them on Twitter at H-I Kona Coffee. That's Kona with a K. They are the title sponsor here at HoopBall for the box score breakdown, all HoopBall podcasts. They're fantastic. Please give them a look. Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Get yourself a cup today. Um, they are... Yeah, it really is good. I, I it's been taking me too long to actually get my hands on some. I don't know if you've ever tried them, David, but if not, 
like our listeners, you should probably get yourself some. <laughs> They're pretty good. You know, I have not, but I do have Amazon Prime, so I think I'll be getting some very soon. That's perfect. That is perfect. All you have to do is just search Hawaiian Isles on Amazon. <laughs> and they're right there. <laughs> um, no, so that's that's great stuff there. Um, we have four games slate, like I mentioned, and we start off tonight in Washington, where we have a surprising victory from the wa- the shorthanded Washington Wizards. They win 119 to 113 over the Philadelphia 76ers. An effort largely led by Davis Bertans. Off the bench, seven three-pointers, including four in a row in the second quarter that put the Wizards out in front and kept them there for the rest of the game. He was out, lights out, finished with 25 points on 9 of 16 shooting, seven threes, a rebound, and a steal. And uh, also aided by Rui Hachimura, who had 27 points on the night, 11 of 18 from the floor. He had 43 minutes, too. They're really riding the rookie hard right now while they're down some bodies. Down some pretty important ones, too, which we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, But, yeah, he rounds out the rest of his line with seven rebounds, two steals, and a a three-pointer himself. And, yeah, so, like, this Wizards team, they they are out Thomas Bryant. It was revealed, uh, I believe, I guess two days ago. Yeah, two days ago that Thomas Bryant was out with a stress fracture in his foot. He's set to be reevaluated in three weeks. And, uh, David, what do you you see being the biggest – test for these wizards like who's going to have to step up in his absence uh, i really think that mo wagner is going to get the lion's share of the opportunity there with uh bryant being out of the lineup but as you said bertans i mean he's definitely got the more versatile offensive skill set and i think they're really going to definitely look to him a lot more after tonight's big performance but he's been consistent this season and he's really been contributing very heavily and successfully in the three-point category so definitely a guy to definitely a guy to keep your eye on yeah, yeah, no, Berton. You know, Wagner was also my thought of being the guy who would step into the biggest role. And he he came back from a, from an I think it was an ankle injury. He came back from that tonight and saw mm-hmm. 26 minutes in the starting lineup, only five points, but 11 rebounds, uh, an assist, and a steal on two of six shooting. Um, the game before, when they had no centers, Washington did roll with Bertans a lot out there. I mean, I think Rui started at center, but you know, I don't. That's that's never. Uh, he's already got enough to deal with with the learning curve as a, being a rookie in the NBA. Bertans, with his floor spacing ability, and yeah, he has no real interior presence, but he has enough size to sort of take minutes at that spot. And yeah, I think you, you're right that he he looks like he's going to have a big offensive role moving forward with this team. I and mean, it's all it's also worth noting that Isaiah Thomas, who's another big contributor on offense, was also absent from this game. Um, I didn't catch exactly what he was out with. Uh, I can take a look at that real quick. Um, but yeah, he was out of the lineup, which led to Ish Smith hopping in and taking in some starters minutes. And he had a pretty decent ball game. He had 18 points, uh, eight assists. Um, he had a rebound as well and a couple of three pointers. And, you know, he's, Oh, sorry, that was 19 points, not 18 points for, for Ish Smith. And the injury to Isaiah Thomas is a calf thing. I think he's just going to be day-to-day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this is a Wizards team that's kind of all over the place right now. Um, do you see – what else, who else do you think – well, I mean, I guess there's no one really else that can sort of step into value here. Wagner seems like the logical guy to pick up if you haven't. Berton should probably be owned in most leagues at this point. Um I don't think. Do you think there's anyone else on this team that could be an ad? I'm not sure if I can see anyone. No, I, and I, no, I agree with you. I definitely think Berton should already be on a roster, and if he's not, definitely a problem that you want to correct personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mo Wagner, I think, as you said, is going to get the lion's share of the opportunity there. So just, I think, more of a wait and see approach with him. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't even notice this until now, but Jan Mahimi made his season debut tonight. He he actually saw 13 minutes, and that actually changes. I mean, that, that's a real center that the Wizards can roll out there. So I think he's also a guy – he's not going to be a guy who I think anyone should look at in pretty much any format. But he will take uh, some minutes. So that will probably, I think, more than anything, cut into Wagner's ability to maybe get all the way up to 30 minutes. Uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe he'd get that to that point, but maybe the mid-20s is where he'll cap out. Um, and, yeah, uh, that's – 
I guess the only other line worth mentioning is, of course, Bradley Beal. You know that he's going to just take a ton of shots, as he should with this team. He finished his night with 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, uh, and a 3-pointer on 7 of 24 shooting in 38 minutes played. That's that's just pretty par the course for the man. Uh, just continue to roll him out there as you normally would. Let's turn our focus to the Sixers and what went wrong here for them. I mean, like how how can you drop a game to this depleted Wizards team? I mean, I know that they're without Josh Richardson, but I mean, man, what, what do you what do you get? What is the first takeaway that you think you get from this game when you see this result? Um, well, definitely watching a little bit of the game tonight, uh, and definitely, I mean, it's very clear in the box score, but turnovers, I think, really killed the Sixers tonight. They just have really been struggling offensively to kind of find a rhythm. Um, I know that they've added some new pieces, and we had some questions on how those pieces would alter their overall offensive look, but I don't think anybody really anticipated it causing, I don't, I don't want to say this much turmoil, but I think that there's just a lot of growing pains going on right now, and they kind of have a lot of versatile players, so they're still trying to put it together, but perfect example of that, I mean, tonight between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, they had, looks like, 15 turnovers, I mean, that's going to kill you right there, Joel Yikes. Embiid had eight, Ben Simmons had seven, and that that's really just going to put you out of a position to really close out a game, so. Yeah, no, you, you totally got it right, I mean, there's way more, everyone thought these guys were just going to steamroll the Eastern Conference, and I mean, they have a losing record on the road. They, they just have not been the juggernaut that we all thought they were going to be, and turnovers uh, are a big issue. They, they have been a team that's really struggled finding offense in the fourth quarter, and then, you know, there's a whole lot of stylistic reasons for that, but yeah, this is, uh, it's not a, it's not pretty right now. I mean, the numbers from the regulars are gaudy, as you would expect, because this bench is super light. But I mean, like, I mean, Josh Richardson's out of the lineup, a guy who's playing 30 minutes a game, and there's not a single one of these guys who can step up into fantasy value. Like none of them. You had uh, Korkmaz started in the uh, shooting guard. Yeah, he started at shooting guard tonight, yep. played 20 minutes, got eight points and two three pointers. If he's not hitting threes, he's doing nothing for you uh, for Absolutely your fantasy nothing. team. Yeah, and I mean, there's just nothing across the roster. I mean, depth-wise, we all knew that that was going to be an issue, but still, no one stepped up. No one. No one even seems like they're close. I guess the only one that has any sort of interest at all is Matisse Thibuel, the rookie, who uh, saw 31 minutes off the bench in this one, and he got two steals and two blocks, which you love. But he's just you know, he's not going to do much else for you. He also got six assists, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, we'll take that. That was definitely surprising. But I agree to your point. I think Thibuel, I mean, in his rookie season, he's definitely going to be pretty limited offensively. And that really wasn't what they drafted him for. They drafted him for that defensive upside. So. I think in his in his fill-in opportunity for Josh Richardson's short-term absence, it's going to be it's going to be pretty muted lines from him as far as offensive output. So that's just it kind of is what it is. But as far as the big guys go for uh, the Sixers tonight, Toby Harris got 39 minutes, had 33 points and 13 to 28 from the field, had three three-pointers, seven rebounds, three assists, and only one turnover. So uh, personally, I think Tobias Harris has really been a surprise for me. I kind of thought that he might be the odd man out in this new crowded. Uh, um, front court in Philadelphia, but he he really has kind of you know looking look to, I mean honestly kind of take the lead as the as their premier perimeter player uh, in Jimmy Butler's absence. So a strong line from Tobias Harris tonight. Uh, Al Horford got 28 minutes, 11 points on four of eight from the field, had three three pointers, five rebounds, an assist, two turnovers, a steal, and a block. So generally doing Al Horford type of things. I mean most of the time his stat lines aren't really going to jump off the page at you unless Joel Embiid's sitting out, but I, I mean, I feel very confidently that he's going to continue to cruise um, and end up in the season comfortably in the top 50. Um, so definitely a guy who, who I'm enjoying having on my rosters. Embiid uh, actually scored points tonight, so that's always a good sign. Got mm-hmm. 35 minutes, uh, 26 points on 7 to 12 from the field, so that's really strong. Uh, 11 to 14 from the free throw line is also very strong. Had a three-pointer, had 21 rebounds. You love that. Eight turnovers you don't love, and then only a block. So definitely um, – defensively the numbers have been I don't want to say on a decline this year but they haven't been as voluminous as they were in previous seasons Um, but I think that overall he's really starting to find his rhythm offensively and hopefully we can get another fuller season out of Embiid as his his, uh, game totals continue to rise um, as his career continues to develop we already touched on Korkmaz as you said when he's not really hitting shots there's not a whole lot to discuss there uh, did get 20 minutes. And then Ben Simmons got 35 minutes tonight, 17 points on 8 of 10 from the field. 1 of 4 from the free throw line is absolutely atrocious. 
five rebounds, 10 assists, seven turnovers, and three steals. Um, in the last 12 games, Ben Simmons, I think, has had at least two steals in nine of them. So defensively, I mean, you love that. I'm, I'm sure he's one of the league leaders in steals per game, but the turnovers, the free throw percentage, the lack of three-pointers, I mean, those are things that are just really killing his value and I'm sure really hampering your teams. Um, but as you say, you know, we know what Ben Simmons is at this point. We know what he does. We know what he doesn't do. So hopefully he can kind of rein it in and minimize the turnover volume. But as far as the free throw concerns and the three-pointers, that's just not looking to change. Do you see really anything else on this roster? Nah, you, you really touched on everything that's relevant. And it's like it is just the four main guys for this team. Uh, I guess the one thing I should just no- I'd like to note before we leave this matchup is uh, this Wizards team is going to get crushed um, uh, rebounding the ball. And no, they didn't tonight. You know, they only, you know, they won the game. and They still lost the rebounding battle by like three, three boards. But you're going to see some crazy individual numbers from like guys like, say, like your Chihuahua Embiid's. You know, it doesn't surprise me at all that he saw 21 boards tonight. Uh, they have no one. Washington has no one without Thomas Bryant that can really hold their own in that regard down there. So keep that in mind in DFS cards. You see the Wizards on there, think, all right, well, who's the starting center going up against them? Because they might see some crazy rebounding numbers as a result. That's my only other thought on this one. Yeah, I agree. I have Drummond, and I'm looking forward to him uh, visiting the Wizards next Monday. Oh, he's going to feast. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are not ready to contain that man. Not at all. Most teams aren't. Um, they're very ill-equipped, too. Um, Absolutely. So let's move on to the next game of the night, and it was a blowout. A 37-point win by the Denver Nuggets in New York. Shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, the Nuggets in this one did their usual thing. It was a balanced attack with a lot of production off the bench because of the nature of the blowout. Uh, leading scorer for this game was Will Barton. Or sorry, for the well, I guess I should say for the Nuggets was Will Barton. He had 17 points on six of nine shooting, four for four from three-point land. He added in two rebounds, two assists, and a steal to his line. He's been giving you pretty consistent value on the season. He's worth owning in most settings. Uh, the big story for the Nuggets this year has been Nikola Jokic and his inability to realize the first-round value that we've seen out of him for the last three seasons. He, he just <laughs> he's been really bad, really out of shape. Everyone's yeah, everyone's made note of the of the weight issues and the lack of conditioning that appears. Uh, Jokic just doesn't seem like he's able to keep up with these more athletic guys, these faster players. And you know tonight you, know, you can write off a lot of the Nuggets starters because of the nature of the blood, but even then Jokic still had only shot three or seven from the field. He only got six points. The the rebounds and assists were there for him. Ten rebounds, eight assists, one block shot. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, do you have Jokic in any spots? I have him in a pretty important league of mine. He is a keeper league. So there's, you know, it, I, I don't feel too bad about taking him because obviously you keep him, you know, I don't have a choice in the matter, but it's really been disappointing to watch him this season. Do you have any, I mean, what, what, do, what do you take away from his poor play? Yeah, you know, I really can't figure it out at this point. I mean, as, as many, many analysts have said, he's historically a slow starter, but I mean, the guy looks like he's sleepwalking out there. He, he's, he's, he's really, he's really struggling. And, and I, I cannot figure out what it is. Um, earlier I said, you know, he was definitely a target. I think he's still a target for a buy low opportunity, but mm-hmm. definitely at your own risk at this point, because I'm really just wondering when that corrective curve is going to hit and we're going to see the production that most of us would have invested in him expecting. So you really just may be playing the long game here with Jokic. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, and for personal reference here, you know, Jokic has been a buy low guy all year, and people in my league that I have him in have been very keenly aware of that. Uh, maybe about two weeks ago, I was getting offers for Pascal Siakam for him, which, you know, I, I held off on because I'm just, you know, Jokic is a first round player. I wasn't willing to get rid of him a month into the season because of that historical slow start thing that you mentioned. Since then, I've gotten an offer, Kimba Walker, for him, which I also declined. I'm, I'm a, you know, now I'm starting to see things where people are offering me Jason Tatum for him, which is ridiculous. I feel like, but I, I actually don't even know. I mean, he, he, I don't really know where he finishes the season. I'm afraid to take any of these offers because I know what he can be, 
it's just a really tough spot to be in if you own Nikola Jokic because just you know what this guy can do. Maybe it's easier if you don't have him in a keeper league like I do, and I just know what he's been to my team for the last few seasons. But, I mean, it's just I feel like I'm stuck. It's really hard to get proper value for this guy right now. Um, yeah, yeah, understandably. You know. I, I don't see him falling outside of the top 30, you know, in this, as far as, like, yeah. the, the rest of the season goes, you know. But, I mean, drafting a guy, like you said, where you drafted him and just getting top 30 values is not ideal in any, in any circumstance, so. Yeah, certainly not. Um, so hopefully he turns that around. Uh, his backup counterpart, Miles Plumley, had a really good game in this one. He had, sorry, Mason Plumley, the, the better Plumley. Uh, he had 11 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, three steals, and a block. That might be his best game on the season. He did that all in 21 minutes. He's, you know, you're not gonna do anything with that. He was a very good fantasy player last year, and it's actually kind of surprising that he hasn't been usable at all this season, considering Jokic's struggles. But he, he's not seeing the touches or the playing time. Really, he's not even getting the playmaking opportunities that, uh, you know, he's a pretty good assist-gathering big man. He's not even seeing much of those this season. So let, don't don't get coaxed into this attractive fantasy line from tonight. He's not going to be a guy that will help you in the meantime. Uh, let's see. Paul Millsap had an okay game. He's been balling out playing at like a top 70 rate over the last month. He had 10 points, six rebounds, three assists, and two blocks in this game. In 22 minutes, that's pretty good. Uh, Elsewhere, you got uh, Gary Harris is an interesting guy for this team. He's sort of the fringe starter of the group. He had eight points on three of four shooting, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Still kind of giving you, uh, well, nothing, really, with all these starting opportunities. And I don't really know where and or if that gets better for him um any other nuggets jump out to you david no i think that that's pretty much it yeah well why don't we why don't we jump towards the knicks what's the biggest thing that jumps out from you on the knicks side of things here i know i'm not really setting you up with a really uh, <laughs> uh nice looking list of fantasy guys but what do you see <laughs> i see some very very rough shooting tonight it looks like <laughs> I don't know what was happening. It looks like it was a rock fight over here in New York. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, and, and these are the issues with a lot of these Knicks players, which is why, truthfully, I did not target any Knicks players um, in any of my fantasy drafts. I even thought Mitchell Robinson was just, he was just, he was going too high for my liking personally. But looking at the stat lines tonight, we'll start off with uh, Marcus Morris back in action. 26 minutes, 10 points on four, 13 from the field. Two threes two rebounds, two assists, and a block. Um, Julius Randle, 21 minutes tonight. Six points on two of nine from the field, two of four from the free throw line, four rebounds, four assists, no defensive stats. Taj Gibson, 18 minutes, four points on two of three from the field, one of the stronger field goal uh, percentages of the night, but again, only four points, so not a whole lot of volume there. Two rebounds, two Two assists and a block. R.J. Barrett, 21 minutes, nine points on four of ten from the field. Three rebounds, five assists, three steals, a block, and three turnovers. So you like the defensive stats, but again, offensively pretty muted line. And then Franklin Tilakina starting as a point guard tonight, 23 minutes, nine points on three of five from the field. Had three three-pointers, had one assist, and had absolutely nothing else. So as far as the starters go, really did not do a whole lot in the time that they were given. Mitchell Robinson actually one of the one of the most productive guys for the Knicks tonight, high score, 29 minutes, 17 points and six of eight from the field, had seven rebounds, had an assist, had two steals and had a block. So you definitely love that line from Mitchell Robinson. Uh, you probably would love it more if he would have been in the starting lineup, but the fact that he got 29 minutes, that's more than anybody else. So we'll take it regardless of how he's getting them. Uh, you like that. Um, only other guys maybe worth discussing. Bobby Portis, 26 minutes tonight, 10 points and three of eight from the field. Had four rebounds, um, had a block, no steals, no assists. Kevin Knox, 21 minutes, eight points on three of eight from the field, two rebounds, a steal, and a block. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., four points, two of five from the field, two rebounds, two assists, and four turnovers. So any value right there, I mean, that just went absolutely out the window. Um, So there's really not a whole lot 
from the Knicks, and I think that it shows in the fact that they got blown out by 30 points. I mean, they, they really, really struggled tonight, and they're going to continue to struggle for the rest of the season. I don't see a whole lot of value here. Yeah, I mean, you're, no, you're to- I mean, you're, you're right. There is no not a lot of value, both just because from a talent perspective, but just the way this team is coached and the way that the rotations are built. You know, the guys that could have value are just buried like like Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench for some godforsaken reason behind Taj Gibson. It just it boggles them. And Bobby Portis, those two switching out ahead of him. It's mind boggling. And, you know, you kind of chalk it up to David Fisdale coaching to save his job. The, the whole Knicks mantra in this offseason was just like, hey, you know, we're playing to win games. You, you, while, while trying to lick their wounds from the disastrous free agency, they just signed all these random veterans just so that they could have a better record than they did last year. doesn't even look like that's going to happen. Instead, they just have a bunch of kind of like, you know, journeymen taking minutes away from guys that they should be developing. Mitchell Robinson, you know, I, I I agree that he was taken a lot high. The hype really was high with him, and it was for good reason. Um, he he won a lot of people leagues last year. He was huge down the road, down down the stretch as like a first round talent. But he's just not seeing it tonight. It, 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 a lot of it's that rotation stuff. A big part of it is also his uh, inability to stay out of foul trouble, and it should be commended tonight. I wish we had a wish we had a soundboard so I could blare some alarms or something. He didn't have a single personal foul in this one which is huge for him. That's like a huge hindrance to his value. The the fact that he even saw 30 minutes, I mean, I know it's a blowout, but he hasn't even been getting this sort of run in those blowouts because of the foul trouble. So th- this, that, he, if he can figure that out, he might force the coaching staff to play him those 30 to the, those minute thresholds that would make him worth the pick that it took to get him. Um, I, I see him as kind of a buy low because at one point or another, the Knicks are just going to have to reconcile with the fact that they're garbage and just start playing their young guys. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. Um, one last thing on this team is Alfred Payton made his return tonight from a multi-game absence. I think he missed his last 20 games or so with a hamstring thing. Uh, he only saw 11 minutes, four points, two rebounds, two assists. Um, I talked about earlier how I thought he might be a, interesting sort of flyer if you have a guy that you're not going to miss at the end of your bench mostly just because of his propensity to get rebounds and assists and steals like he's kind of like a triple double threat and just following the mo of david fizzdale and this knicks coaching staff they like rolling with the vets so (laughs) sort of it sort of lines up with uh you know just bench frank nilakina and dennis smith for uh the veteran because you're already doing that with all these kevin knox and mitchell robinson um but I, I don't know. I'm sort of moving off of that. I don't think that there's a lot there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the Knicks <laughs> for you. Um, why don't we just move on to the next one, David? <laughs> I, think we've seen all, I think we've seen all we need to see here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lat, third game of four tonight. Houston Rockets versus the Toronto Raptors. This is a fun matchup. I wish I could have seen it. It was uh, 119 Rockets to 109 Raptors. The Rockets in this one, there was, I know there was, I know there was a scary moment in the game where James Harden took a shot to the head and he had to leave, but he came back, no concussion, nothing to be concerned about. He saw 40 minutes and surprisingly, he didn't take many shots in 40 minutes. He went seven of 11 from the field en route to 23 points, added seven rebounds, three assists, five steals, 33 pointers and a perfect six of six from the line. The, the big shot taker and not so much shot maker uh, of this game was Russell Westbrook, who shot a awful seven of 27 from the field, took 27 shots and only got oh. 19 points. That is oh, brutal. Gosh. Um, thank, uh, I, I'm glad I dodged him everywhere I could. He was, he's going to, he's destroying teams right now with shooting in like this. He had eight turnovers too. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. Pretty awful line for a triple double. 19 points, 13 rebounds, and 11 assists. But that the seven of 27 shooting and the eight turnovers are like insurmountably bad for your fantasy team. If you're a nine cat, if you're an eight cat, you can sort of get away with it. But uh, that that field goal percentage is disastrous. Um, sorry, I'm gonna take a pause after that. <laughs> Let me well gather deserved. myself. Well deserved. Um, let's see. Elsewhere, uh, PJ Tucker had a great game. 18 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, and a steal. 
five three pointers on six to twelve shooting, he's just trucking along and should be a top seventy fantasy guy, I think, for the rest of the season. I mean, he's he's just he's aging like fine wine, especially with this Rockets team. He's just a perfect fit and he will get you stats. Another guy who will just get you stats is the young guy Daniel House made his return tonight. Uh, from illness, he played 27 minutes off the bench with 16 points, three assists, and a rebound, and 33 pointers. He's going to replace Ben McLemore in the starting lineup pretty soon, probably even in his next ball game. Who I, I guess before I just gloss over him, Ben McLemore had a huge scoring game. He actually led the team in scoring. He had 28 points on 9 of 18 shooting with uh, eight three-pointers. Those eight threes are probably a career high for him. I'm not, I haven't been tracking the career that long, but I know it hasn't been good enough to probably get eight threes in a game. So that's a huge mark for him. Um, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. But I mean, like I said, uh, I don't see a scenario in which he continues to start over Daniel House. I, I think he's definitely earned himself a, a good role coming off the bench as like a lead scoring guard with Austin Rivers. But yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think it's this is it's that's House's role, and he's been really, really good for the Rockets this season. I don't think that they're going to try and break up their starting unit. Um, and what do you think? Any other sort of takeaways from this Rockets team for you? No, I agree with you. I think once House gets his feet back under him, uh, Ben Ben will kind of shift back to a smaller role. Yeah, and yeah, so don't don't go picking him up if you're in a points league. Don't go picking him up. He's He's just he doesn't have the fantasy stat set to be a guy worth owning, and he's pretty soon not going to have the role either. So move on from that one. Raptors side, it was uh, game two of trying to reintegrate Kyle Lowry, and he played much better in this one than his last ball game out. He had 19 points with five of eight shooting in 42 minutes, added eight assists in five rebounds on the night and three three pointers. He he could he's a guy who was posting early round value before he went down with an injury. And I think that there's still a chance that he could sort of get you somewhere between third and fourth round value in a best, you know, in a perfect world. Uh, obviously the emergence of Fred Van Vliet is adding an interesting wrinkle to that because Van Vliet's been amazing all year and he continues to be really good. He had 20 points in this one on seven of 13 shooting six rebounds, five assists, three steals and three, three pointers. Um, I don't know. David, do you have a, a take on this Lowry Van Vliet situation? How do you see it breaking down the line? Um, I think that it really is just going to continue to be kind of a minute share opportunity between the two, but I think it's one on a more positive scale just because Toronto really doesn't have a whole lot of ball handlers to go around. So you would assume that Lowry or Van Vliet is always one of the two is always going to be on the floor. Uh, because really the only other ball handler outside of those two would be a Norman Powell or obviously Siakam, but those are not going to be your primary ball handler. So I think it's honestly a pretty ideal situation. I love FVV. I mean, you were able to get him really, really late in drafts. So that's always great when a guy that was one of your later picks ends up being one of your better players. Um, so and we all know what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry eventually. His body's going to atrophy. He's going to end up not playing games right when you need him because that's Kyle Lowry. So hopefully you have FVV uh, because – this is one of those kind of rare handcuff type of situations in the NBA that you don't see too often. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that both are worth owning and Van Vliet, you know, while he might not be a top 20 player, uh, he, he, he has a real shot at getting you comparable value to Kyle Lowry, which is a, just a monstrous leap for him. And he could be one of those guys that, you see on a lot of first place teams because he's just giving you value that a lot of guys you take in that position won't. And yeah, like, yeah, like you said, there's no real backup point guard on this team. Uh, undrafted rookie Terrence Davis sort of took on a lot of that down the line, but I don't think that he's the sort of player. I mean, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. I think that the Raptors got a real steal with him, but he's not going to threaten Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet for, like, you know, they're 30, they're like, you know, 30 minute floors that they're working with right here. So, yeah, these two are going to be really good together moving forward. They could really help each other, too, I think, because we've seen Van Vliet. He's very capable of playing off ball. And, you know, that, that's how the Raptors won the championship last year. Is Van Vliet was just knocking threes down everywhere, catch and shoot opportunities. He he's a guy who is really, you know, everyone talks about how gifted Siakam is and how incredible his ascension has been. Van Vliet's had a very similar impressive trajectory with his career, being an undrafted guy who is just, and he gets better every season. So I like his outlook. Um, 
other players worth mentioning on this box. I mean, obviously Pascal Siakam, 24 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals and a block. He's going to continue his early round pace. Serge Ibaka, looking at him, who's been he's been coming back from his uh, ankle issue that he dealt with for about three weeks. He saw 17 minutes tonight, which you don't love, but he still saw 10 shots, only made four of them. 10 points, five rebounds, two assists, and no defensive stats and no three-pointers. He's a guy that I'm definitely holding on to because I think that he's he's one of those guys that he, he doesn't hurt you from the free throw line. He usually is a pretty good shooter. He has the ability to get you threes and blocks, which is a rare commodity. He's a really cool fantasy asset, and I think that he, you know, if he got dropped, uh, which I know, I'm, which I know he did from that long absence, and he's still floating around. I, I think you should take a take a flyer on him. Really, not even a flyer. I think that he's a guarantee to at least compete for top 100 fantasy value, which means he should be on rosters. So yeah, uh, I like him a lot. And uh, yeah, any anything else before we move on to our last game? No, let's get it. All right, let's get it. Uh, final game on the docket, and it's actually just 37 seconds left in this game, so it's basically done. Actually, it's looking pretty close. So very close. It, funny enough, dude, uh, David, this was the the last game that we talked about two weeks ago. Phoenix Suns versus New Orleans Pelicans. They're back at it. And uh, right where we, we left off, huh? right where we left off, we could be looking at overtime here. So. We'll we'll get, we'll update you on this close game as we break it down. It's 125 to 123 right now. Uh, advantage Suns. We'll start with the Phoenix side, where this is just a big time showing from Devin Booker. 42 points on 13 to 22 shooting. Perfect 11 11 from the free throw line with five three pointers, seven rebounds, eight assists, two steals. He's been great this year. He's been better when playing alongside Ricky Rubio. Who, who's really just, I think he's he's transformed the Phoenix offense. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't playing in the last game, the last time he covered this matchup. Uh, and Phoenix lost by, I think they, they lost in a fourth quarter comeback mounted by Brandon Ingram in the Pelicans side. Um, but, you know, Devin Booker, I think he's clearly benefited from having a true point guard to play alongside of the best point guard by far that he's ever had to play with. And he's been giving you uh, guys who took him like, you know, it was kind of hard for Booker to beat his ADP, but you know, he's, he's looking like he could finish a couple slots above it. So that's a good pick. It's a, he's working out for guys right now. Um, Rubio, who I mentioned had nine points in this game. He has 14 assists, uh, five rebounds and four steals. Those are, you you love those counting stat numbers there from him. And he's going to continue to provide that all year long, provided he stays healthy. Uh, We have, Frank Kaminsky, who's kind of holding down the center minutes because Aaron Baines is out again, this time with a calf injury. He made it back for one game, but uh, was quickly relegated back to the injury wire. He seems like he's day-to-day, though. We'll find out more as that develops. But in the meantime, Kaminsky's going to get the run. He's going to give you you know, his points, 14 points on 6 of 13 shooting in tonight's ball game with two three-pointers, five rebounds, and assists and a steal. All serviceable stuff, but nothing that's going to blow your socks off. You know, he's very, very low end, in my opinion, in terms of streamers, uh, especially because you know, he's a he's a center that can hurt your field goal percentage, which you never really like. But you know, he is going to get opportunity. And uh, rookie Cam Johnson, I'm seeing down here, he has 18 points with four threes, seven of 12 shootings, six rebounds, a steal, and a block. That's pretty serviceable stuff. Uh, you're not going to go pick him up off of that because there's too many wings in Phoenix for him to produce consistently, but it's cool that he's producing this early on. Uh, what else are you looking at here with uh, Phoenix, David? Yeah. Like you said, uh, Cam Johnson looks like, um, as I, I think we talked about this last time as well. He's, he's continuing to look like a pretty strong source of uh, three point streaming. So yeah, definitely a guy who, when he's available, you know, given the matchup might be somebody that you want to take a look at uh, or in a DFS kind of situation, but, Outside of that, I'm just really curious to see what the what the team looks like when they're back at full strength. I can't even say full health because I think DeAndre Ayton was a little bit too healthy, and that's uh, why they suspended him. But um, <laughs> once, <laughs> once they get him back in the lineup, I'm curious to see uh, how that kind of affects offensive output for guys like Kelly Oubre, what that does to Dario Sarge, Frank Kaminsky, those other guys, and really what they end up doing with Aaron Baines, who was looking really, really strong before uh, he was kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, 
wondering if he'll be able to find any of that value that he had earlier in the season or if he'll kind of get lost in the in the shuffle of everything. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, it's a really interesting wrinkle because um, I think everyone everyone believes that Aaron Baines brings something of value to the Phoenix Suns and like he really helped fuel their hot start. I don't think it's any coincidence that they really started. I mean, obviously there was a couple of other injuries like to Ricky Rubio, who's also an essential player for this team. But when those two are out, you know, Phoenix's hot start quickly went to a, you know, a nine and 11 record. Now they will, fell back below 500 um, big decisions coming from Monty Williams, just very big decisions. Uh, Aiton's going to cause a ripple effect for pretty much every guy on this roster, not named Devin Booker. So we're, we're just going to have to see how that one plays out. He's going to be coming back. I think, what is it next week? It's mid-December, right? I mean, we're almost there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that'll be very interesting um, to see play out. Um, by the way, it looks like this game is going to overtime. Uh, if uh, This ESPN ticker I'm looking at is correct. They, it's 125 to 125. So the these lines are probably going to fluctuate a little bit, but for the most part, the analysis will still be pretty accurate. Um why don't we jump over to the New Orleans Pelicans side of things right now uh, as we get ready for overtime. David, what do you see here? Uh, so tonight, Brandon Ingram, guess we'll pick up where we left off. Uh, 26 <laughs> minutes, 18 points on five and nine from the field, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, no defenses had six turnovers, a little bit high. But again, I mean, Ingram looks really, really strong. Had a little bit of a scare earlier when Dario Sarge fell on his head, but returned to the game. Um, he he's really been carrying the piss, or I'm sorry, carrying the uh, Pelicans offensively. Um, because I'm really just kind of waiting for Drew Holiday to get that that shot down. And uh, tonight was definitely a better offensive output from Drew. Um, 23 points on 10 of 15 from the field is strong. Uh, had two threes, six rebounds, six assists, five steals is phenomenal in a block. Um, four turnovers, but again, you know, just the amount of times he's going to have the ball in his hand and the amount of possessions that the Pelicans can generate. I mean. I believe they are one of the are, – are they the highest-paced offense in the league? Yeah, they, I, if they're not the top one, they're among the, the top, you know, six or five or something, as they have been with Alvin Gentry. They they fly, and they have a lot of guys who flow really well in that type of offense. Yeah, absolutely. So you can kind of expect the turnovers to kind of be loose and free here, um, especially with the amount of young guys that they got on the team. Uh, J.J. Redick, 29 minutes tonight, 23 points on 6-9 from the field, four three-pointers, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Uh, and then Lonzo Ball, really strong line tonight. So you definitely love to see that. It's been a long time coming for Lonzo Ball owners. 38 minutes, 20 points on 6-7 from the field. Has four three-pointers, a perfect 4-4 from the free throw line, four rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, two blocks, and six turnovers. So as I said, given the given the amount of possessions that they're working with and the and the players that they got on this team, you know, turnovers are gonna be they're gonna be pretty high. Um, but overall, really, really strong line from Lonzo. Hopefully hopefully you can carry that momentum over into uh, overtime and help them close out the win tonight in Smoothie King Center. Uh, outside of that, really not a whole lot to talk about. Kendrick Williams got twenty four minutes tonight, six points on two fire from the field, uh, four rebounds, one assist, two blocks. If forever there's some reason that he gets inserted into the starting lineup, I think that he is going to be, I mean, a, an absolute monster. But it's just about him getting the opportunity. And when they get back to full strength, when they have Derek Favors back in the lineup, when they eventually have Zion back in the lineup, of course, Brandon Ingram, I'm just really wondering what room will be left for uh, Kenny Williams. So, mm -hmm. again, that's just kind of a wait and see. And then Josh Hart, 20 minutes tonight, uh, nine points on three of 10 from the field. Had four rebounds, had an assist, and no defensive stats. So I'm not seeing a whole lot to discuss outside of that. Uh, we'll see what happens in overtime. Yeah. No, I, I, you, you covered pretty much all the hot points there. Um, yeah, Derek Favors coming back is going to relegate Jackson Hayes out of the rotation. Not out of the rotation. I think he's earned some rotation stuff. But, you know, he's definitely not going to be starting. He's not going to see his mid-20 minutes. If you have him or if you picked him up while Favors has been out, you, you should probably be prepared or have already – moved off of him um but yeah you know that the i guess well why, why don't we just revisit the topic that we ended last our last thursday show with in this pelican situation how have you have you moved at all on if you own a guy like brandon ingram or drew holiday do you feel that they're sort of in or why don't we start with ingram do you think he's still in a sell high window are you comp now that he's he looks like he's maintaining it do, do you want to sell high on him if you have him 
I think at this point you you keep him. Um, really the really the sell high I think opportunity was when he was ranked inside of the top 15 because we just knew that wasn't going to hold and anybody who was willing to buy in on that. I mean you 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 really can't pass that up. But at this point I think the the production that he's putting up is pretty consistent and uh, something that he can definitely carry throughout uh, the remainder of the season. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he's he's really thriving in the role that he's been given to sort of be a lead shot creator. And, you know, we, we, we've made we made a, we made a good deal about Zion Williams return mucking things up in which it will. I mean, he's going to command shot attempts. Everyone wants to see him, you know, take a ton of shots. Uh, it'll just be curious to see where it all comes from. I, I think that the I think that Brandon Ingram really has proven that this Pelicans team is good when he's good. So I think, you know, there, there's tons of shots that could go around with a really high paced offense like this. You know, maybe you see maybe you see this bench get a little less deep in terms of their offensive production. Maybe a guy like Josh Hart, who's seeing about 10 shots a game off the bench. Maybe that comes down, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, maybe <laughs> Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who managed to take eight shots in 11 minutes tonight. That's probably not going to happen when Zion's back around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love me some uh, some gnaw, but that's that's just not <laughs> it's it, he's not there yet. Um, but no, I I agree. Brandon Ingram, he's he's definitely turned a corner, or maybe not even that. Maybe he's just in a good situation, which really happens with a lot of young guys in the NBA, where you just get drafted into these situations that aren't really built to your skill sets, or they're just you don't have the right personnel around you, what have you. There's a lot of factors that go into a young guy struggling out the gate. Um, we always knew that Ingram had the talent and he really, this is a good system for him. So I I think I'm going to side with you. Uh, I I think that you can expect this early round production with him. Just, just, yeah. I mean, that, that just seems like his sort of role now. Uh, what about Drew Holiday real quick before we uh, tie things up here? You know, that is a question that I have been weighing very heavily over the past, uh, past couple weeks. I I love Drew. Um, I, I love Drew, but I definitely think that there is there's definitely an opportunity to sell here. I wonder what it looks like when Zion does return, just because at the beginning of the season we really saw him looking to not give the keys to everybody else, but allow this Pelicans team and their young talent to really develop. And I wonder if he does take somewhat of a backseat to let Zion find a level of comfort in this offense. Um because I'm really wondering where the Pelicans are going to be looking as far as as far as the playoff race. Uh, if they're going to be sitting pretty far on the outside looking in, or if they're going to be in any contention whenever Zion does inevitably return. And I think depending on that contention, that's really going to impact his minutes and everything else. So yeah. float him out there, maybe see see what see what people are saying, um, see what kind of offers you can get. But I definitely would not be, I wouldn't be selling, you know, too eagerly because I, I'm perfectly content with what Drew brings every single night from a defensive stat, stat point alone. And, I mean, he, he's consistently going to average, I mean, seven, eight assists. He's going to give you that. He's going to give you a, t- a steal. He's going to give you a block. I mean, he's going to give you threes. And those are those are really hard stats to find in the guard position, um, the blocks and more so. Um, so I definitely think he's a valuable guy that you shouldn't be in a rush to get off your roster. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I think that he's going to be a guy that will move around a lot in terms of what kind of value he's going to give. Just he he's such a he's such a versatile player that that means that you can really kind of put him in any sort of role. And with all the personnel on this team right now, he could be anywhere from a lead guard to a lead shooting guard to a sort of a glue guy. Whatever the is for whatever it is for him, you know, I I'm cool with making, you know, those kinds of offers. I also could see that he just sort of posts around that top 30 ish value that he's been turning in so far, which is probably less than what you got for him. But, you know, I think it's very serviceable and could really be of help to your team. But if you're in a head to head setting and you are concerned about that potential slowing down aspect with the Pelicans falling out of contention, then yeah, you, you could make a move there. Um, I think, but he's the guy that you may should, you should probably look to trade over say Brandon Ingram. And yeah. that's that's our that's our show tonight, guys. Four games in the books. The Phoenix Phoenix is on a four point lead right now, 133 to 129, with two minutes left to go in OT. 
So we will let that result play itself out. David, where can the good people find you outside this great program? Uh, the good people can get a hold of me on Twitter, uh, DFB underscore three. Uh, I've been drinking coffee tonight, so I will definitely be up. Feel free to get a hold of me, shoot me any fantasy questions and otherwise. And you can do the same here with me on Twitter. You can follow me at Alan Srochi. That is A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I. So can't if it's a confusing name to spell, you can search Alan at Hoopball. My name will probably pop up. I'm taking that one out of the Best Brist Playbook. And, uh, yeah, oh, I'll, real quick before we go, guys, um, I'd be remiss if I did not say that you, have you not already, should sign up for the weekly newsletter here at Hoopball, produced by our founder and fantastic, one of the best fantasy analysts out there, Aaron Bruski. He produces a weekly newsletter straight to your inbox every Monday morning. He's already released six editions. It's quickly become a part of my Monday morning ritual, guys. He really touches – He, it, it's just so voluminous. It, he gets on every single team, all 30 teams he has a little blurb about, gives you uh, in-depth coverage on his Sacramento Kings, if you're into that. You can. Uh, he has a, a, He has a – quick hitter on basically, you know, his favorite storyline of the NBA week. And he, sometimes he gives you a little slice of life too. He, it's a great read. He's a fan, He's a really fantastic writer. Um, and guys, it's totally free. All you have to do is sign up at hoopball.com slash newsletter, type in your email address, 10 seconds, boom, it's out into your inbox on Monday, get a leg up on the rest of the competition. This is premium level content for free. And it's it's just a great read. So give that a look. Give us a look on Twitter. Happy Thursday, everyone. I hope you all have a great weekend. And we will catch you all next week on the Box Score Breakdown. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.